RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The time is 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on a Tuesday night. The place is wherever you happen to be, and the show is Mission Log Live. I'm Ken Ray. And I'm John Champion. Each week on Mission Log Live, you are the star. You call us, you chime in with your questions and comments. Tonight, we welcome two very special guests. One, you already know, Chase Masterson, of course, Lita from Deep Space Nine. And she will introduce us to one of her friends, Star Trek fan Scott Palm. As always, we want your questions and your comments. Everyone is ready for that, and we are here for you. You can click on the link to join our Zoom meeting, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. You can even call us the old-fashioned way, just like the settlers did. Dial us up at 646-558-8656 and enter the meeting code that you'll find in the show description and in the comments. I, uh, I'm playing romper room. I'm sorry. I nearly didn't get my cue because, oh, looking in the chat room tonight, I see Donna, I see Chuck, I see Ian, I see oh. Allison, I see John, I see Paul, I see David, I see Wes, I see all kinds of people. I have to stop doing that, though, because that could be the whole show. <laughs> I see Chris there. There's one more. I see Chris. Good. Hey, guys, thank you. And gals, thank you all uh, for joining us on the show as it happens on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, and if you're listening later, hey, Thank you, too. All right. You can either be watching it later on Facebook or on the uh, YouTube uh, Roddenberry channel, uh, youtube.com slash Roddenberry prod. Of course, you might just be listening to the whole thing, either with your eyes closed or not looking at the screen, or you may have found our not so secret audio feed. Uh, What you do is you go to wherever you get podcasts. You search for Mission Log Live, uh, you subscribe to it. And, um, you know, if your podcast aggregator happens to have a way to rate the show, and you like the show, maybe you could go ahead and give us a rate. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, of course, there's another place you can check it out, podcast.roddenberry.com. That is where you will find links to all of the Roddenberry Podcast Network shows. Oh, geez, you got your Mission Log, your Mission Log Live, your Women at War, Priority One, and, of course, the Trek Files. And then, uh, you know, more stuff coming as it happens. I do have one last request, if you would, wherever you are. Uh, hit like, hit share, because uh, we would like for more people to know about this. And every time you hit like, well, I mean, of course, Facebook is saying they're changing all kinds of things now, but it used to be when you hit like, that meant more people would see it. So who knows? But if you share it, then definitely more people see it. And then uh, we get to talk to more people about more really cool things. Yes. So we will meet our special guests oh so soon. And now is the time to call in and be ready. Again, just click the Zoom link or call us at 646-558-8656. Before we get to our guest, as we do, though, um, well, we want to give you a programming note really quickly. We want you to join us next week as well, because we'll be welcoming our special guest, Vic Mignona. He is not only a very well-known voiceover artist, he also happens to be the creator and the star of Star Trek Continues. And I know that there are a lot of people who listen to our show who have asked us about Star Trek Continues. So next week will be our opportunity to talk to Vic and answer your or ask your questions, and maybe he'll answer them. And then, uh, Ken, I believe we will be off on May 29th. Yeah, we will, but you're leaving off something on the 22nd. Uh, after oh, okay. this show next oh. week, uh, yes. we're, doing our, we're doing our Hangout in Sansar, our VR Hangout in Sansar. 
Yes. Uh, really quick recap on that. You don't have to have the goggles. You don't have to have the headset. You don't have to have the whole VR rig to take part. Uh, you do need to have a Windows machine. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Sansar does not support the Mac, but if you do have a Windows machine or if you have one of those you know, whole headset rigs, uh, sensar.com is the place to find out more. Seriously, this week would be the week to set up your account. Your account is free. Uh, you want to go ahead and play uh, VR Barbie, you know, and, and get your um, avatar up and running and ready to go. Because then next week, when we're done with this show, we're going to go hang out on a recreation of the bridge of the Enterprise, which I got to walk around by myself the other day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, <laughs> so hopefully you'll be able yeah. to come and join us uh, really quickly. I, I think I have to mention this. Uh, David uh, went to like our show and he accidentally hit love. Oh, what, was it an accident, David? Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was an accident. There are no accidents in, uh, in that. Um, so before we introduce Chase, uh, we, we always do a poll right before we launch into our show. And uh, last week, we asked you if you had ever been to Star Trek The Experience, because last week, our guests were two of the actors, the original actors who started out uh, Star Trek The Experience. 37% of you said yes, you had been. 63% of you said no. I feel sorry for you, 63%, because that place was amazing. And we have it a was. new poll. Yeah. And we have a new poll this week. Ken, why don't you uh, share what that's all about? Uh, well, uh, in keeping with the theme that we're going to be talking about here a bit later, or the subject we're going to be talking about here a bit later, um, it is a question about uh, bullying. If you see somebody being bullied online or in real life, um, are you likely to intervene? Are you likely to stand up for that person? Uh, it's a you know yes or no question, and the yeses are winning hands down right now. 89% of people say yes. Uh, 11% of people say no. That is, well, it's an interesting question and one that we may address, but we actually have, uh, we have guests with whom we can address uh, questions about that and things like it, John. We certainly do. So now is the time that we get to welcome our first guest. Now, as I mentioned, you know her as Lita from Deep Space Nine, but that is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Chase Masterson. Most recently, she has been working quite a bit in the world of activism. If you've not heard of it, we're going to hear tonight about Pop Culture Hero Coalition, which you can find at popculturehero.org. And here to talk about that, ah. Uh, such a good friend and a great person, Chase Masterson. Chase, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It is fantastic. I'm so glad that you could join us. And uh, you, you were, you've been traveling like crazy recently, and you were visiting with a friend who we're going to meet soon. Uh, but thank you for taking the time to do this. This is really uh, very special to all of us. Well, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a real honor. You guys are so well-loved and you do such fun work. And so it's really nice to be here. Well, thank you. So now you, as I mentioned, most people here will know you as an actor and you have had some just fantastic roles in your career. You've done so much. And of course, our audience knows you as Lita, but they may not know what you've been up to the last few years with Pop Culture Hero Coalition. And when I ask what served as sort of the transition for you from acting into activism? Thanks for asking. You know, it's something that I've always done. Um, Actually, before I was acting, I was working on a charity 
um, almost full time. Um, I, well, I wasn't before I was acting, but it was before I was on Star Trek and acting full time in Los Angeles. But I was in Los Angeles and going on auditions and, you know, doing all that. And I was working on uh, some fundraisers for charities for children with AIDS. And back then, um, I was working so hard on it. It's something that my my family has always done. My mom and dad have been really big in, in terms of this type of work and helping people. And I was trying my best, but I just couldn't make it. I, I had, you know, had to stop that effort and, and take care of myself. So it was really wonderful when I got Star Trek years later and I was able to say to those charities, hey, I'm back and look who I brought with me. Thousands upon thousands of fans all over the world that understand empathy and understand compassion and standing up for people. And um, I'd love to talk a little bit more about that that poll that you just took. Um, it's really interesting. Um, you know, it, it's it's fascinating. Somebody actually in the chat just now. Uh, they, well, first of all, some some great comments about you. Uh, Jim says Chase is a hero to stop bullying, and uh, John Cooley says it should be in the nature of everyone that identifies themselves as Trekkie to stand up against bullying. And uh, could not agree with you more. So, yeah, tell us about that. You, you're the inspiration for that poll question tonight. And uh, I want you to tell us about what Pop Culture Hero Coalition does and, and what you got out of that poll just now. Thank you. So, um, so Pop Culture Hero Coalition is the first ever organization to make a stand against bullying, racism, misogyny, LGBTQIA bullying, cyberbullying, and other forms of hate using pop culture stories. So we take these stories of heroism that happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Trek all around you. That's great. Um, it's happening. Uh, no, so we take these stories of, of heroism that we love on screen and we make them happen in real life. And we're making a very solid difference for people. We started out, um, I'll just tell you briefly, I was mentoring kids coming out of gangs at a place called Homeboy Industries. And one of the guys that I worked with was a really heavy, well, they were all really heavy duty gang members, Crips and Bloods, and they'd done some bad things. And I asked one of them, um, he had served 29 years, and I asked him, how did you get involved in this incredibly painful life? And he told me that he had been bullied on the playground. And when he was in sixth grade, he and his friends were picked on and they formed a little gang to get back at the bullies. And they grew and they grew and they grew and everybody grew and their tactics got worse and they got absorbed into the Crips. And he eventually became the head of the Crips. And I would work with these kids. We call them kids, but they're, you know, grown men and women um, who are just really just starting their lives. You know, at Homeboy, we said they're, we're not only their last chance, we're also their first chance, simply because of the way that life is. 30 minutes from Hollywood, it's a whole nother world. So I started thinking a lot about the nature of oppression and the nature of well, bullying and how it really takes different forms, but it's all the same dynamic. It's all unjust. It's all oppression, relationship bullying, workplace bullying, terrorism or war. It's all the same dynamic. So I would go to San Diego Comic-Con and I would stand across the street. And I don't know if you guys know, but across the street from the San Diego Convention Center, um, I got this. I learned this from moping around there, just moping. <laughs> um, there are all these cards, these uh, 
like gold um, uh, plates in the ground with Martin Luther King quotes right across the street. Uh, along, uh-huh. and yeah, you can see it from the convention center uh, right along the sidewalk. And I started reading these just in my quiet moment there and looking across the street and thinking, and this was year after year, I would think if only we could harness this energy and do something that really makes a difference in the world in the way that we love to watch on screen, why not be those heroes? So about this time, um, you know, and then I would go back and work at Homeboy and, and volunteer there and see these people that were just in a whole nother world that, that most of us have no idea exists. And that I, you know, we could get go down this path and it's a very long one, but that, you know, there's so much economic bullying in this country. There's so much inequality and disparity. And so about the time that I had was really thinking intensely about this. I heard about a little girl named Katie, the Star Wars girl, Katie, who was bullied in first grade for loving Star Wars. And the boys would follow her around school saying, you can't like Star Wars. You're a girl. Girls don't like Star Wars. Well, (laughs) so um, Carrie, Katie's mom, has a very well-read blog. And Carrie wrote a blog post. And she said, if any woman out there can give a few encouraging words to my daughter, I'd really appreciate it. You know, she, you know, doesn't feel free to be who she is. So she posted this and Huffington Post picked it up and hundreds and hundreds of people posted. Thousands of people saw it. It went viral. And there we were saying, Katie, you get to be you. You can be who you want. You can like what you want. You can love who you want. You be you. And um, Katie and Carrie literally woke up to thousands of posts and likes and messages and a message from Lucasfilm saying, we love it when girls like star Wars. <laughs> so, um, so Katie was encouraged and Carrie realized that bullying and specifically gender bullying is a huge issue. And she, uh, she decided to write a book. She's an incredible writer anyway. Like I said, she had a very well, well read blog. And, um, Harper Collins bought the book. It's called Bullied, What Every Parent, Teacher, and Kid Needs to Know About Ending the Cycle of Fear. So um, I heard that Katie and Carrie were going to be at Geek Girl Con, which is up in Seattle. Actually, it was where I am now um, working with Scott. I'll tell you more about that. You're going to meet Scott in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I heard that Katie and Carrie were going to be at Geek Girl Con in Seattle. And so for that reason, I got myself an invitation to Geek Girl Con in Seattle because I just knew that I wanted to talk to this little girl who was so at the central center of, of this conversation. And so I met them um, in the hotel lobby and we just, you know, hit it off right away. And Carrie asked me to get her book into Comic Con. And that's when it all came together for me. And I said, yes, I'll get your book into Comic Con, but let's do more than that. Let's form a coalition to get as many people on board this issue as possible to stop bullying and racism and misogyny and LGBTQI bullying and cyberbullying and any other form of oppression that we can using this incredible medium, using this phenomenon. If Star Wars can sell $1.7 billion worth of tickets in three weeks, we can use that energy to make the world better. So that's what we're doing. So thank you. So can I tell you one more thing? Yeah, please. Yeah. So, so, so this is how it became a coalition. So after I I hung up with Carrie and I was like, 
oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> coalition. What what even is a coalition? What what am, what is that? How do I do that? You want the United Nations, right? Of course. So I called the United Nations Association San Diego because Comic Con. And I called them cold. I looked up their number online and I called them and I said, um, hi. Um, this is Chippy <laughs> Masterson from Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. And I'm gonna do a coalition to end <laughs> bullying and well you guys end bullying right with countries right and i said we're gonna do this at comic-con and would you like to join us and they said oh my god we've always wanted to go to comic-con wow wow so we got to bring me thank you we got to bring the united nations association to their first comic-con that was in 2013 and since then, we that was the UN Association, which is kind of like um, if the UN is the network, the UN Association is like a really good writer's room. So first we brought the writer's room. Then um, for that same event, we brought the No Hate campaign, the founders, Adam and Jeff, we brought them to the first Comic-Con. Um, they ended up doing their first Comic-Con photo shoot for No Hate. We brought, um, over the years, basically, we have been the intro and featured uh the un kiva um the trevor campaign trevor project and um and aclu at their first comic cons and we're forging this intersection between pop culture and social justice because that is what these stories are about that's what roddenberry meant you know as we know and, and discuss all the time these are morality plays you know early on captain america punched out hitler uh, right yeah um, yeah for real. Woman was an ambassador of peace and she was there creating justice and that's what these stories are here to do so so are we can i ask so uh, i, I want to know about sort of the nuts and bolts of the whole thing um because i mean there are things obviously events like comic-con things like that where you can reach out to people um of course there are more days without comic-con than there are days with what are what are some of the what are some of the steps that you guys are taking um you know when you don't have twenty thousand people thirty thousand people um in one building at the same time good question well we started um just doing comic cons um we pretty regularly do several um many a year and they do keep us really busy but when we started to see the the way that it went and the the, the willingness that people had to use these stories to create justice, we started forming a curriculum. And so now we have um, experts, including Carrie and clinical psychologists, creating a 30-point curriculum to um, teach healthy identity, authentic identity, like who are you really? What is your, what is it that you stand for? Um, What are our values? What are um, that can lead to resiliency. So if someone bullies you, you know who you are. You know that the bully is only approaching you out of fear. I mean, I'm giving this really broad strokes, but um, uh, their own pain and their own their own trauma and their own need for 
attention and uh, all of that. There's a lot of things that we, our team does with restorative justice. Um, so then we talk about how to stand up for once we've learned to stand up for ourselves and to have that kind of resiliency, how to stand up for each other and become uh, an ally instead of a bystander. And what are some te techniques that you can use and what are the ways that we can go about fixing injustice when we see it, whether it's for kids in a classroom, on the playground, on the internet, in the internet, wherever. Um, so there's different forms of that, um, different lessons for cyberbullying as opposed to IRL. And then there's um, steps beyond that for creating future heroism. Who is it that we aim to be in the world? What do we want to accomplish? What are the ways that we can make life better for ourselves and each other? And, and particularly, how do we apply that at a point of crisis? So, you know, what are the points of crisis that we all come to that are when we really decide who we're going to be? Um, Batman had trauma when he was a little boy, there was a point where he decided, I'm going to be one of the good guys. I'm not going to let this turn into anger and destroy me. I'm going to put it into, um, I'm going to, I'm going to channel it positively and, and, and stand up for what's right. Um, Luke and Anakin were raised in very similar circumstances. What was the point and what were the decisions that Luke made that, Anakin didn't, you know, where, where is it that you, that you decide who you're going to be basically. Um, I don't teach this. I don't work in schools. I uh, lead panels at Comic-Con. So our team is a lot more articulate about it than I am. Um, I've been basically the point of contact for all of it and doing all the organization um, fundraising and doing, um, doing a lot of the nuts and bolts of it, doing all of the nuts and bolts of it really. Sorry to go on. Our our first um, curriculum is going to be out in two thousand. Uh, sorry, fall of two thousand eight. Now this is going to be a standardized curriculum that will be researched and tested, um, and then distributed widely so that we can reach more people. Uh, one of our listeners just asked if there are any online materials or videos uh, that they can check out now. You know. Thank you. There's some information on our site. I would highly recommend Carrie's, um, highly, highly recommend Carrie's book. Um, again, it's by Carrie Goldman. It's called Believe by HarperCollins. Um, it's won awards. It's really solid. And I'm not trying to sell you a book, but um, there's also, um, there are also some really solid, excellent panels on our YouTube channel. Um, and then as far as, Real other real help goes. Um, there are other organizations that have more that's laid out online. We're just not to that point yet. We're still in the final stages of of creating the standardized curriculum. But you could go to um, Anti Defamation League, No Place for Hate. I personally have some problems with some a lot of what Anti Defamation League has been saying as of late. But they do have a really solid program in schools. Um, um, uh, Southern Poverty Law Center has also got some excellent tools. Um, that those should do you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I want to really quickly. I want to remind people that if you have a question, either about the topic or just a general question for uh, Chase, uh, now's your chance. 
Uh, you can click on the Zoom uh, meeting link that you have there. Uh, you can use the one tap uh, from your smartphone. And of course, you can pick up the phone and call us uh, 646-558-8656. Uh, that number again, 646-558-8656. Then you'll enter the meeting code that you will find in the show description, and then uh, you'll be on with us. I'm, I'm sorry to step on what you were saying, John. Go ahead. No, I, well, I had kind of uh, – I, I want to understand something. You know, as, a, as an 8 or a 9 or a 10-year-old kid who is into Star Trek and Star Wars and other pop culture stuff, and, and maybe, just maybe – experience some bullying, um, you know, it's something that I went through and and maybe didn't feel like I had uh, support around me necessarily to to help me out of that. But uh, hopefully it turned out okay. But I'm I'm curious, are things better now? Is is there more, are more kids getting bullied now than they were when I was a kid? Is it worse now for the kids who are getting bullied uh, than what I went through in the late seventies, early eighties. I'm trying to understand the scale of this and, and, and what it is that you're facing. Well, first I just want to say to that, I want to say, I'm sorry that you were bullied and yes, you turned out. Okay. (laughs) And, And even more importantly, yes, you were fine then too. Yeah. Not just that you turned out. Okay. It isn't that you made it through, but you know, I just want to, I, I really want to reach out to people who have taken their bullying to heart and say, when someone says something unkind or mean or pointed or just whenever, whenever any of that happens on any level, whether it's just a snide comment or exclusion is a form of bullying, it's never about you. It, it You could weigh 800 pounds, and if someone calls you fat, it's not about being fat. It's because they're mean. It's because of their being an so know that you know we have something that we say hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people and it's really important to keep that in mind so just right away if somebody is bullying you you have to recognize what's going on there and just get mindful and that's another thing that we that you know comes right right at the top of our lesson plans mindfulness say wait a minute what's going on before you just take it to heart say wait let me take a look at this just deconstruct it if i if you know okay so i I know i'm on a little bit of a tangent john but um i figured it's probably okay with you so (laughs) for those of you who've been bullied um including you and me if i hand you a piece of here you go hi hi what's your name okay hi john here's a piece Uh, yes are you gonna take it no 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 Mm -mm. No. not interested thank you just because someone hands it to you we tend to take things in that are not ours. And that's the most important thing to really get a sense of resilience and keeping yourself in a safe place, safe psychologically and emotionally from the kind of anger and hurt and destruction that can happen when you take someone's comments to heart just because that other person is not a healthy person. And it's usually because they've been bullied. It's usually something that they hand down. So, In answer to your question, I don't think more people are being bullied except for the fact that, except for uh, obviously the the ways are, are, are more varied. Obviously cyberbullying is more destructive than anything. Um, Not more destructive than IRL bullying or what we experience, but it's more widespread than, than um, 
than what we had. But, and I had it too. I was um, completely ostracized um, from sixth through 12th grade. Um, I, I was ostracized and bullied because I was, uh, I was friends with the girl, um, with the girl Patty who picked her nose and um, she was nice to me and I was nice to her. And because I was nice to her um, or sat by her or walked home from school or anything, they, I was just persona non grata and that lasted from sixth grade to 12th grade. And um, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, but you know, I knew they weren't worth it. I knew those people that were mean to her weren't worth being friends with, but it still hurt, you know? Uh, anyway, I think it's coming more to light yep. is my point. It's, um, it's more out in the open because of the internet and the anonymity that brings. Um, it's, it's tragic. I mean, kids, it's tragic. I want to remind people uh, who do want to join us, and we have somebody uh, joining us here in just a moment. Um, uh, click on the Zoom meeting or give us a call, 646-558-8656, 646-558-8656. Enter the meeting code, and uh, you'll be able to join us uh, like Homer did, because Homer is here uh, with a question or comment for Chase. Hey, Homer, thanks for calling in. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, Hi, I love your shirt. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I have to blame you for this shirt. So recognize you, and, yeah. And that leads me in. Yes. Yeah, so it's a pleasure to meet you at um, New York Comic Con, Mark Altman's um, um, event there. And um, I've been following you on social media. And I have a question as it relates to like, okay, you have this Star Trek and Deep Space Nine. There's this role, and you're thinking, what am I going to be able to do with this role? Are you thinking, I'm going to make social change? I'm going to be able to change the world? Or how does this, how did that become this? And the answer is going to be awesome, whatever it is, but I just want to hear you sort of explain how it evolved into what we're seeing now, which is great. Thank you. Well, you know, in many ways, I feel like, and this is a weird word for it, but I, I, I feel like I was inducted into this role of kindness by Star Trek fans. I mean, I already, already had, you know, my family's always done a lot of stuff, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, but the more I got to know Trek fans, the more I saw your hearts and saw how much you care about the world and justice and each other and how much you respect each other's freedom to be whoever you want to be and the importance of diversity. And, and, and as Rod says, I don't mean tolerance. I don't like the word tolerance. I mean, absolute cherishing of who each person is and, um, and, and, and your support for important causes. Um, when I was working for, um, when I was helping caring for babies with AIDS um, with fundraisers, my first several years on, on Star Trek, 
my charity, my, I'm sorry, my fan club would support caring for babies with AIDS, this charity that I had worked with before I was on track. And it was amazing. I would go to little towns or big and I could show up and a bunch of Klingons would meet me at the airport and say, here, we had a car wash for your charity. And they would hand me a check or a bunch of cash and say, give this to these kids. In the same way, we raised money for um, the firehouse that was um, that lost the most men on 9-11. Um, and we went there and delivered it to them, money just to help in whatever way we could. And in just in so many ways, I've seen Trek fans' hearts. So it really is a very natural blend. Um, it is the primary reason that I'm grateful that this was the, a show that I got on. Um, I often joke, I, I could have been on Nash Bridges or <laughs> it, it has really given me that opportunity and why not take it? You guys are right there yeah. ready and willing. And it's so beautiful. Homer, we thank you so much for calling in tonight. Really appreciate it. Please join us again sometime on the live show. Um, we have a little bit of business to take care of right now. And uh, Chase, when we come back from that, is going to introduce us to a friend who has been patiently waiting. So we will meet Scott here in just a moment after we take care of, uh, of some business. And that business being that we would like to remind all of you about our shop. And it is so convenient to get there. How convenient? Well, you probably already know the address, missionlogpodcast.com. And when you get there, you click shop. It's in the upper right-hand corner. You can't miss it. So Carl Huber is a friend of ours who is a very talented graphic designer, and he just keeps cranking out a ton of new material for our shop. In fact, uh, Ken, why don't you tell us what kind of cool material Carl has been cranking out for our shop? Well, things that you can pick up right now are Isolinear Canon John, uh, which is, of course, us on a computer chip, as it should be. Uh, Carbon Chauvinism gets a reboot. Uh, da Vinci meets the 23rd century. I'm very happy to say, too, and I'm loving this. Um, I'm going to go bankrupt on our own uh, shirt shop, John, oh, yeah. because uh, Carl is working on silicon supporters. Y you longtime Mission Log uh, listeners may remember we had a Carbon Chauvinism shirt and then we had a, uh, a silicon supporter shirt. Uh, for some reason, I don't know, the meat bags on planet meat. I thought that we should do the carbon chauvinism one first, but Silicon supporters are coming. <laughs> and and I will wear that shirt uh, twice as proud as my Jay shirt. And yes, speaking of which, Lieutenant Junior Jay um, has her very own shirt on our shop. Uh, there's no point in my buying two, John, but I kind of wish I could. Well, and by the way, uh, Lieutenant Jay in mm -hmm. real life has a Lieutenant Jay shirt now. Oh, Nice. Yeah, I, I love that. Mind, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. And then, of course, uh, there are some old designs as well. Uh, you like the old timey stuff, John. Why don't you tell people about those? I love the old timey stuff. I love the coolest Kirk. I love ethos, pathos, logos. Uh, I love the fact that I will be adding some more classic designs along with the new designs. So things like throwing the prime directive out of the window. Yeah, that'll be coming too. So keep an eye on that shop. How might people find that shop again, Ken? Uh, they go to missionlogpodcast.com and then they click shop up at the top of the page. Um, and by the way, we're talking about t-shirts because we tend to talk about t-shirts, but stickers, mugs, notebooks, tapestries, 
tapestries. <laughs> I'm just going to say it one more time. Tapestries. All kinds of stuff that you can pick up at missionlogpodcast.com and then just click shop and then, uh, you know, uh, shop to your heart's content. And until you're, you're covered in track from, well, from about here to about here, although the stickers you really can put just about anywhere. Yeah, I want to remind people uh, uh, how to get in touch with us like Homer did a few minutes ago. Uh, go to the Zoom meeting thing. Uh, use the one tap form on your smartphone. Uh, give us a call, 646-558-8656, and then enter the meeting code that you will find on the show description and in the show comments. And, uh, and uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah, so uh, we want to come back to our guest, Chase, and uh, Chase has a friend that she is going to introduce us to. Now, this is a uh, a fantastic story, and some of you may be familiar with it, but I, I want Chase to introduce her friend, Scott Palm, who, like I said, has been patiently waiting for us. <laughs> so thank you ahead of time for that, Scott. And uh, Chase, please, uh, well, tell us when you met Scott. And then we're going to ask Scott to tell us a bit of, uh, of his story. Thank you so much. Well, I met Scott in 2013, and we've been friends ever since. And Scott, why don't you come on in? Um, I am really, Fantastic. really pleased to be able to say that Scott is working with us on a disabilities adaptation of our curriculum. And we were able to announce that at um, Mopop here in Seattle. Are you in there? Oh, there he is. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. That's great. Um, we had a, a, a an event at, at Mopop in Seattle um, because they were taking the, uh, the Star Trek exhibit down. It was their last night. And so Scott was our guest, and um, I was the guest, and, and he... Uh, uh, he announced our disabilities project. Um, I was so struck, obviously, as we all were, by the menagerie. And it was just such an important way to have Star Trek. Uh, it was such an important way that Star Trek showed who, who, what it was going to be, the kind of show, the kind of risks, the kind of ethos and credos and all of it. Um, and so, you know, Scott and I have talked a lot about that, and um, I'll let him tell you some more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, Scott, a lot of people in the chat room are saying hi to you. Chris, Meredith, a bunch of people who see you there and uh, want to say hi and welcome you into the show. So we're very glad that you're here. And Scott, if you could tell us kind of from the beginning, I, I want to know about your Star Trek fandom. You know, what, what uh, brought you to the world of Star Trek? Well, that's complicated. Star Trek has been like an old dear friend that always has been and always shall be there. I have been a Trekkie since I was seven. It has gotten me through 17 surgeries, numerous medical procedures, and even pneumonia twice. It has taught me to never give up. It also has influenced my work as well. I train caregivers on what they should know before they start working with people with disabilities. As we all know, there are infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Excellent. So why don't you pick up the story a little bit from where Chase said that she had met you. So tell us your version of that. <laughs> uh, I want to know how you met Chase and, and tell us about how she got you to uh, Vegas. It all started on August 24th, 2013. 
and my sister took me to the Star Trek Seattle convention, which was a belated birthday gift. At one point, we were outside of the venter room, talking. And then, this tall woman was walking by. She stopped because the display on my communication device had caught her eye. She asked what it was, and of course I told her. It was Chase. <laughs> April 2014, I asked Chase to participate in my ISP and she agreed. A, ISP, or Individual Service Plan, is a meeting to be held every year. It's for the person with a disability and all of the people who are important to that person set goals in numerous areas of that person's life through careful planning. And in my case, I wanted to go to Las Vegas for the Star Trek convention. I needed $2,500. The online fundraising site as a first step. Chase asked her fans for help. They donated. I made it. <laughs> Great. So uh, that is a fantastic story, Chase. And then, and you two have stayed in touch ever since. Yeah. You... I call him Admiral. He calls me number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. And, and then so you were inspired to bring him in to help out on Pop Culture Coalition. Yeah. 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 All right. So yeah. Th then, Scott, uh, how have you had input in that area? What, what, what is your kind of role there now? And it has been like going warp speed ever since. <laughs> coalition is there are better ways to deal with people other than bullying. So among the tools used by uh, Pop Culture Hero Coalition, I mean, to help kids who have been victims of bullying are, um, well, Pop Culture Heroes. It's right there in the title. I'm curious, uh, who are some of your heroes, Scott? And um, why are they inspiring, both, both in the Star Trek universe and out? I used to have numerous heroes in my lifetime. It was Spider-Man because of his attitude. And then there is Steve Austin, the $6 million man. If you think about it, he was severe disabled before he became bionic. He became totally able body, which I really wanted at the time. Next was the kit from Knight Rider. I thought, wow, here is a vehicle that could be great for me other people with disabilities to have more freedom. Chase, I, I, I want to, um, well, well, first of all, I, before we get into anything more about Pop Culture Coalition, I, Ken, I think you had actually the most important question for Chase of the evening. Well, I want to save that one because I actually, I do have another question about uh, Pop Culture uh, Hero Coalition as well. Um, it sounds like what we've been talking about so far is uh, reaching out to people who have been victims of bullying. I'm, I'm curious, is there an aspect of, of the coalition that is actually trying to reach out to the bully as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, something that Carrie works on a lot is restorative justice, where she talks with the bully and the bully's family or, you know, they're the people that are um, significant in that bully's life. Um, because it always, as I've said, comes out of some pain or need that um, that's 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 uh, hurting them inside and it doesn't mean what they do is acceptable or 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 right um, it's not an excuse but it is something to get to the bottom of and um, it is also especially important um, you know I mean 
we care about those kids. They're kids and adults who have been just, you know, made the wrong choices and been treated badly and gotten angry and made their lives worse. And, you know, who, who hasn't done that in some ways, you know, we all get angry and do stupid stuff. Um, so when you see that happening with a, a child, especially if it's going to be happening early on in school, if you're in first grade and you know, you're going to have to go through high school with this particular bully that's treating you really badly, then we got to put a stop to that very early on and find out holistically what's going on, what's going on at home, um, get the teachers and the administrators involved as well as the parents and, and really take it apart, really, um, really dissect it and bring in compassion and um, bring in empathy and try to, to get help for everybody involved. I, I know that there's nothing like a simple answer to what you're trying to describe, but I'm, I'm wondering kind of, are, are there at least some simple steps, some, some easy first steps to try to break that cycle of bullying? I mean, I, you said something very interesting, which is, you know, a coordination with, uh, with family members or with, uh, with school. Um, and I'm wondering if, if those are some of the factors that in some ways the, this person is rebelling against that is making them a bully. So I'm, I'm curious, what are those things that you approach? How do you try to break that cycle with somebody? Getting kids to talk is not an easy thing. Even getting adults to talk, you know, everyone is not, doesn't have the kind of access to themselves that, that we'd like, or even that we as, um, we as creative people have. A lot of times people have just never been taught to look inside and, and put words to what they're feeling. So, that's something that's when pop culture really can come in and say, you know, there's a child that's going through something and they don't know how to talk about it or they don't want to talk about it. We've had um, one of our one of our clinical psychologists, um, Dr. Janina Scarlett, has gotten through to kids for a long time with different types of story, um, including Buffy for uh, a girl that was. Um, experiencing difficult things and um, using these stories can help kids to open up and say, yes, I can identify with that. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen that. Or I, I spoke that way to somebody. I've, I've done that too. And, and really start a conversation going with them about, about, about what's happening and then segue that into their own, uh, I'm sorry about what's happening in, in a story and segue to how that is affecting uh, how that type of dynamic is happening IRL. Um, it's not something that's necessarily easy and you can't always fix it. You know, there's, there's going to be horrible circumstances. We've had teachers call and say, you know, I, I don't know who else to talk to, but I have a, a student who's getting beat up at home. So what do I do when that happens? You get on the phone with somebody who can help and you notify authorities and you, you fix it as best as you can. Um, every circumstance is, is different, obviously, but 
letting kids know, letting people know that you're willing to stand up for them and willing to listen is a huge thing. A lot of times just being feeling so incredibly alone is what can be the last straw, you know, is what can be so hurtful not knowing how to talk to someone about it. And, and, and I know I'm rambling here, but when, when you're, when you're cyber bullied with your own phone and it's all you've got you and your phone and there's nobody else in the room with you, it can be incredibly devastating. So, uh, you know, building resilience is another thing that's super important. And then giving kids tools saying, you know, number one, you have to know what's true and what's not just because somebody says it to you doesn't mean it's true. And after you, you know, get that in your head, then go and tell someone. Talk to a teacher you trust, an adult, uh, someone at school, and schools have to open up themselves, uh, open themselves up to that. My amazingly important question is coming up in just a moment, and then we have a bunch of other unimportant questions uh, as part of the lightning round, which will be exciting. I want to remind people really quickly, though, of uh, something to do after this. We talk about it every week. I hope you're going over there every week or at least once. Because uh, I think if you go once, you'll probably go back. Uh, Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, is also doing the Facebook Live thing. Every Tuesday at 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, uh, Elijah, Kenna, Tony, and Winters, or some combination of those four, uh, bring you news from all over the Star Trek multiverse. Uh, TV and movies, uh, gaming news, literary reviews, plus a whole lot more. Uh, they kick off a few minutes after our show, so uh, don't go anywhere. It's late anyway. You shouldn't be out gallivanting. <laughs> you shouldn't be out running the streets, as people have been known to say in the past. Uh, yeah, stick around. Uh, go to Facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast and check them out. And if you can't join them live, uh, download their show, Priority One Podcast. Uh, look for that wherever, uh, wherever fine podcasts are served. And other podcasts, too. Yeah, they don't have to be fine. All I mean, they're all fine. Yeah, all the yeah, podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've heard they're some. Good. They're not all fine, Ken. No, they're all. Hey, okay. I mean, seriously, no, no. on a show where yeah. we're talking about actually, dude, seriously, fine. anybody, anybody yeah. who, anybody who like sits down and puts themselves out there uh, points to them. It's Honestly, a pretty amazing it, thing. Yeah, it is, and amazing yeah. things can happen when they do that. Um, yeah. And the last thing they need is to be discouraged. So. Yes. Agreed. Because they're all fragile egos sitting beside gigantic microphones. Just like us. What? No, nothing like. <clears throat> All right. So here's my incredibly important question, Chase. And you can tell it's incredibly important because we're talking about how important it is. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. Who's your favorite captain? <laughs> no, we're not there yet. We're, we're, we're getting there, but we're not there yet. Now, I don't know where you I don't know if you know where we are in Mission Log, but we've really just started our uh, watch, our deep watch of Deep Space Nine. And um how do you play Dabo? I mean, do you know the rules? Do you actually know how to play Dabo? Because we're like 11 or 12 episodes in and it's making me nuts. I right. feel like yeah. I, I know how to play Chula better than I know how to play Dabo at this it's point. It's just people yelling Dabo. And this is the crux of it, guys. This is the crazy, craziest, craziest thing about Star Trek. Most, the thing that's hardest to believe, I think, in the entire Trek canon. They don't have a game of Dabo. There never was. They spun the wheel, and then when the camera was right, they'd say Dabo, and we'd yell Dabo, and that was it. There is no game, or there never <sighs> And this is shocking to me, because as you know, Paramount CBS is the ultimate Ferengi. 
If they can make money <laughs> off it, it could exist. Uh-huh. But it hasn't yet. Not uh-huh. in any form. So I don't know, guys. I don't think it's too late. You know, DS925 is here. Anybody wants to license the word Dabo and make a game? <laughs> I was going to say, John, you and I aren't terribly busy between now and Vegas. And now that we know that there are no rules to Dabo, I say we do it. Yeah. Okay. Three shows a week and uh, we'll, we'll squeeze in the rules for Dabo somewhere. Along right. The That's yeah. Cause no I, I feel fairly certain that the casino at the place where they do STLV wouldn't mind a little game of chance on the side. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are quickly approaching the end of the show, but not so quickly that we don't have time for a lightning round. Uh, are the two of you ready to go? Are we are ready. Ready? Excellent. All right. All right. Uh, favorite Star Trek series. Um, go in whichever order you would like. Go, Scott. TOS. Deep Space Nine, duh. Duh. <laughs> um, who's your captain? Captain Kirk. Duh. <laughs> Wait, you're, oh, so you're, yours is Captain, captain Kirk, Kirk, too? Captain Kirk. Okay, okay. All right. Favorite bad guy in Star Trek? Gone. Admiral Lita in an STO. Ooh, okay. Nice. Admiral Lita. Admiral Lita would eat the Borg Queen for breakfast. This girl in, in the Mary universe, she's ferocious. Seriously. She's so much fun. Nice. Uh, all right. Favorite starship in Star Trek? Enterprise E. Ooh, okay. I mean, that's the second time on our show. Somebody has said the Enterprise E chase for you. Deep Space Nine, because we boldly went into ourselves and each other. It wasn't about boldly, well, it wasn't about boldly going, don't laugh. It wasn't about boldly going somewhere. It was about boldly going into the relationships. Ooh, okay. And I guess we can go ahead and accept uh, Deep Space Nine as a starship since they literally moved it from one place to another in the very first episode. I know, I know. I cheated a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've thought about this. I get it. Uh, If you could be any Mm -hmm. Star Trek race besides human, what would you be, Scott? A shape shifter. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. All right. And Chase, for you? I want to be Q. Oh, <laughs> oh, very good. Wow. Well, yeah, if, if, if you get that, if you get those powers, I, I got a list. All right. <laughs> I could use some help. So, all right. Uh, what piece? Of, I, get, I hope it counts. Okay. Yeah. What piece of Star Trek technology do you want at home, Scott? A trap splitter. Okay. Yep. Very good. And Chase? Yeah, me too. I'm so over jet lag. Transporter, please. Let's just not have to go to the airport anymore. You travel all the time. Like literally, we we were planning this show while you were in Germany. Yes. So I've been home since. I'm here now. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, oh, and then one last question. Well, the very last question, of course, every week until somebody answers differently. Have you ever been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada? No. You have to go. Yes. <laughs> oh, and oh, you, we, we have a winner. Am I the only person who's been? You're, yeah, you're the first. Well, yes. I mean, I assume other people have been to Vulcan at some point, but uh, you are the only person I've ever asked this question to, and I've asked far too many uh, who, who've answered the question yes. It is fantastic. And John has a secret, and I'll, I'll let him tell you, but it is 
the best place. You have to go. Um, so, yeah, Chase was kind enough earlier to email me a set of photos from Vulcan, Alberta, Canada, and they are amazing. And I will post them into the Facebook chat and on the missionlogpodcast.com site for this show because everybody should see these photos. Thank but I'm you, sorry, Daniel, Chase. We love you. We love Vulcan. Yes, we love Vulcan. That's 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 fantastic. Although now I'm really horrified that I have to come up with a new kicker question. Oh, I ruined it for you. Oh no, no, no! You made my night. Honestly, I mean, it's been a pleasure to have you, and I hate that we're you know now at the end, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. But you just completely stunned me when you said yes. I'm so glad because I know we talked about that question earlier, and I was like, no, 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 don't tell me. But I fully expected the answer was going to be no. So um, I should get Vulcan Tourism to fly you up there as part of their tourist budget and do the show from Vulcan sometime. I think that is probably a brilliant idea. Yes. Yes. I think that should absolutely happen. Uh, Guys, Scott, Chase, you are both fantastic. I cannot thank you enough for joining us tonight so great to see you even even virtually here (laughs) it's been too long thank you again and we hope to have you both back again sometime i I hope you both have a great night thanks to all of our listeners mission log is produced by roddenberry entertainment executive producer rod roddenberry technical production on mission log live is by infinity networks producer brandon bradley be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the roddenberry podcast network including not just mission log but also women at warp Priority One, and The Trek Files. Thank you, everybody who joined us live or later, and we will talk to you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.